This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This is your host, Matt Loopy. You can find me on Instagram, MattLoopy11, Twitter, Matt underscore Loopy. You can follow me for all of your Eagles wants and needs. I always post some takes out there for you guys to enjoy. Also post my podcast. Follow the podcast at Birds Banter PHL on Instagram and Birds Banter on Twitter. So here we are. The Eagles suffered another loss Monday Night Football. You're listening to this on Wednesday. Hope everybody is having a good week. It's always difficult to go through the week after an Eagles loss. I think this is more manageable this season now that the Eagles are just not playing well at all. Um, In times past, 2018, 2019, especially after the Super Bowl year, it was very difficult to handle losses. Um, Everybody was super upset, but now I think people are more angry than upset. Um, People want changes. I understand that. Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, Carson Wentz, they're all on the hot seat. All three of them are not going to go. I would imagine one or two will go. And we're seeing a lot more rumors come out about the Eagles. Um, This is shaping up to be a very, very disappointing team. They are going from a team with great culture down to a team with no culture. We have Doug Peterson on one hand saying that, or not saying that, but people near him believe that he would not be unhappy or upset if he gets fired from the Eagles. You have Jeffrey Lurie, who is walking out of practices because he's disappointed and disgusted with the Eagles' practices. He's also telling Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson, if Carson Wentz is struggling, you better put Jalen Hurts in. Then you have Carson Wentz. He's leading the league in interceptions, leading the league in fumbles, leading the league in sacks. He just took six sacks against the Seahawks. He's taking a beating out there. He's making poor decisions. He's among one of the worst quarterbacks in the entire league. You have awful play calling from the offense. You have a defense that has been inconsistent all year. It's it's struggling. The Eagles season and in whole, it's been more negative than positive, no doubt about it. Changes need to be made. We're going to cover all of that today. We have some awesome guests coming on. First off, we're going to start our fan banter podcast segment. A couple weeks ago, I posted a poll on both Twitter and Instagram asking if you guys would like to have a fan come on for five to 10 minutes, call in and give their take on the Eagles gives a outside point of view. And, you know, fans are very lively. They're not, you know, afraid to say what they want. So we're going to kick things off today with a fan banter in just a couple moments after I review the Eagles Seahawks game. And then after that, we're bringing on Andrew DeCecco, a uh, personality for 97.3 ESPN, but also a contributor to InsideTheBirds.com. Inside the Birds, one of the best Eagles podcasts out there. Obviously, right up there with Birds Banter. So we have some great guests in store for you guys today. Make sure you tune in. This is going to be a great episode. Now, I have to admit, I am a diehard Eagles fan. That's part of the reason why I have this podcast and um, have been so committed to them for so many years. However, this year... On Monday night especially, is the first time I've ever experienced a, I wouldn't say desire, but something in my mind saying, am I really staying up and watching this football game? In the first quarter, the first half, it was atrocious for the Eagles. And I'm thinking, I could be going to bed right now. That that is how bad they are. I would never miss an Eagles game unless I, if I could avoid it, I would never miss an Eagles game. Um, But it's just, it's very upsetting to watch the Eagles, to see the same problems happen over and over again. Um, We're seeing Carson Wentz not improve. He's making the poor decisions that he's been making since week one. We're seeing a defense that has been inconsistent. They played a really good game against the Seahawks, but you've seen Darius Slay play poorly. Um, it's, It's all over the place. And... 
I'm just struggling to, I'm always going to be convinced of the Eagles. I always want them to win when they're on the field. But I'm struggling to see them as a competitor right now. I'm sure you all feel the same way. And I'm struggling to hold my, um, you know, allegiance to Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, Carson Wentz. I credited them with a lot of the success in 2017. I thought they were fantastic all around. After that, all three of them have been on a nosedive down. It kind of, you know, it's kind of like when you start a roller coaster. You're going up, and that was 2017. They're going up. You're not going up quick in a roller coaster, but you get the point. You're going up steadily. You get to the top, you win the Super Bowl. And then once you get to the top of a roller coaster, that's 2018-2019. A few things happen. Some players leave. Orlando Skandrick gets caught up in the mix. Frank Reich leaves. And you're slowly going down over the hump. You're moving down, but you're not moving down fast. That's 2018 and 2019. You have quarterback controversy with Nick Foles. You have Carson Wentz getting injured. All this stuff going on. 2020 is when you are going down one of the highest roller coasters. I'm not sure what the highest roller coaster in the United States is, but you are screaming down that decline. That is 2020 right now for the Eagles. And it's... It's troubling to find a solution for how they're going to get up over the next hump, how they're going to continue their their momentum on this roller coaster. Are they going to keep going down or are they going to use that downward speed to propel upwards? Because there are question marks at quarterback, at at the front office, coaching positions, everywhere, everywhere. There are a lot of holes on this roster that need to be fixed. It's going to take more than one offseason. The Eagles are not going to go and all of a sudden be a 14-win team next year. That is not going to happen. I I could see them turning things around with a new head coach and getting 11-12 wins, so I'm not going to say that's not going to happen. But to completely go from one of the worst teams in the league to one of the best is not going to happen. Monday night, what I saw from the game. The first half, I'm going to we talk about this with Andrew, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. But the offense was stale, and this was not all on Carson Wentz. There were a few drops. Alshon Jeffrey, Sanders was dropping a few passes. Uh, I believe Fulgham as well. few drops, which, okay, you can't blame that all on Carson Wentz. I get it. But the ball was not moving down the field by any means. Not at all. So, in my mind, if I'm a coach on the Eagles, and I see Carson Wentz, you know, he's playing okay, He's not getting yards. He's not completing passes, but it's not all his fault. But the ball's just not moving. Your offense is stale. You can't do anything to revive it. And then you look next to you, and you have number two, Jalen Hurts, second-round draft pick, with his helmet on. He is ready to go. He's ready to step in and spice things up for this offense. And I believe for the first three drives, Jalen Hurts did not step on the field. And so far this season, I don't have the stats, but... It seems like Jalen Hurts steps in the second or third series, maybe fourth. He's normally getting in the first quarter at some capacity. And Jalen Hurts was non-existent for the first couple of series for the Eagles. And I thought to myself, you know, the fact that he's not on the field right now in any way, shape, or form shows that they're going to be all in. If they're putting Hurts on the field, they're ready to go. Next thing you know, Wentz just can't keep moving the ball. I believe this is the fourth series. And Jalen Hurts comes in. The media, I mean, the broadcasters, every single time Jalen Hurts comes into the game, they make a huge deal out of it. Oh, Jalen Hurts, here's a guy from Oklahoma, blah, blah, blah. I get it. It's, you know, from an outside point of view, it's exciting to watch this quarterback controversy. I want to see good quarterback play. Jalen Hurts comes in, false start, okay. Next play. Completion to Alshon Jeffrey. This completion might not have been first down, but it was the biggest positive play for the Eagles so far that first quarter. And we are in a situation where before the game, the Eagles were instructed to bench Carson Wentz if he struggles. Like I said, he was not necessarily struggling, but he was not moving the ball down the field. You put in Jalen Hurts and he completes a pass right away. I don't understand why you don't keep that momentum. Give him a series and see what would happen. Even if you want to go back to Carson Wentz, the offense needed that momentum to be carried. And it just got thrown away. Carson Wentz did perform a little bit better after that. Later in the game, he did throw a very poor interception. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think Dallas Goddard spoke to the media. Carson Wentz, I don't think, touched on it at all. But it was an extreme miscommunication from them. Carson Wentz threw it right to the defender, sitting in the end zone, covering nobody. Um, very poor interception by Carson Wentz. But I want to give a quick shout-out to the defense. The defense stepped up big time, especially in goal line stands. They really knew how to contain Russell Wilson. And that was one thing I was super worried about before the game, containing Russell Wilson. Because Russell Wilson always gets the best of the Eagles every single time that they play. But the Eagles did a really good job. Derek Barnett, great game out of him. Fletcher Cox is starting to heat up this season. He's was, you know, flying under the radar uh, the past couple of games, kind of underrated games. I believe he has a sack in each of the four last four games. But early, earlier in the season, a lot of people were blaming Fletcher Cox for not playing well. I was one of them because you're paying a lot of money. You think he is a this premier defensive tackle, and he's not doing much. But now, Fletcher Cox is heating up. Um, it's not going to bring much use to the Eagles. I don't think they're going to try to go for a run to make the playoffs. But, you know, give some credit to uh, Fletcher Cox. Their two highest-graded PFF players were Jordan Mailata at left tackle and Jason Peters at right guard. You know, Jordan Mailata has been very good since he stepped in at left tackle. Then he got benched, got moved around a little bit. Jason Peters was not good at left tackle. He was getting hurt. He was getting penalties. He was getting beat. So they move him back to right guard where he was supposed to start the season before Andre Dillard got hurt. So in my mind, this off this offensive line has been shifted up a lot. And right now we're at one of the best combinations we're going to see. Lane Johnson's going to be out for the year. We know Brandon Brooks is not coming back, so Jason Peters is going to be the full-time right guard. Jason Kelsey has been pretty good this whole season. Other than a few bad snaps, he's been fantastic. 100 consecutive career starts for Jason Kelsey also. Left guard, Isaac Samalu is back. And then left tackle, or left left guard, Isaac Samalu, left tackle, Jordan Mailata. That's a pretty good combination. So you got to take that whole... 10th offensive combination um, in 11 games or whatever the stat was, you have to take it with a grain of salt because right now they're getting better. It's not like they're getting worse and putting, you know, Jamon Brown back at right guard. They're getting better. It is difficult for Carson Wentz and the offense to get adjusted to a new offensive line every single week, especially these linemen who have different players playing next to them, but it is getting better. The offensive line struggled a lot against uh, Seattle. Carlos Dunlap had a pretty good game, but all in all, it should be looking better for that unit up front as long as they can stay healthy. But like I said, Jordan Mailata and Jason Peters were the highest graded PFF players in this matchup for the Eagles. So you got to ride with that. Work to their strengths. Keep Mailata at left tackle. Keep Peters at right guard. So there's my thoughts on the Eagles-Seahawks game. Before we get into the fan banter episode, or the first segment of fan banter of this week, we are going to take a break and listen to a uh, message from our friends at Thrive Fantasy. If you guys love sports betting, if you love fantasy football, Thrive Fantasy is a perfect combination for you. You can download Thrive Fantasy on the Play Store or the App Store, use their app, and place daily fantasy prop bets. You can bet on your favorite players in the league. Patrick Mahomes, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard, you know, Stephon Diggs, whatever you want, they're on there, and you bet on their fantasy performance that week. You don't have to do hours of research and research a fourth-string wide receiver who has plus 600 odds to win or to score a touchdown. Thrive Fantasy is going to eliminate that because you're only betting on the top players at each position. It's super fun. I love using Thrive Fantasy. And I'm going to give you guys a head start on your Thrive Fantasy career. You are going to use code BBP when you sign up, as in Birds Banter Podcast, and you will get an instant deposit match of up to $50, minimum of $20 deposit. Anything up to $50, they're going to match for you and give you some free money to work with as you place your next bets in Week 13. Make sure you download Thrive Fantasy and sign up with code BBP. All right, it is time to kick off the first ever fan banter. We're going to bring him on, on my good friend and diehard Eagles fan, Tommy Plunkett. Tommy has been on the podcast numerous times before. He's done a great job. Wanted to give him the opportunity to give his thoughts on the Eagles-Seahawks game. Hope you enjoy. 
All right, today, this week's episode, we're going to feature the first ever fan banter segment. We're going to bring on a fan every single week to talk about the Eagles. We always bring on reporters, other um, pages on Twitter and Instagram, talk to them about their opinions. But I want to include the fans as well and see how they're feeling because it's been disappointing so far. So, so far, uh, first week, we have my good friend Tom Plunkett on. Tommy's going to talk about the positives from the game against the Seahawks, the negatives. I know there's a lot more negatives than positives, but then he's also going to provide a solution to fix the team, whether that be this season, next season, two years from now, whatever it is. Um, We're going to open up to him in a second, but we're going to be doing this every single week and um, ask these three questions to different fans. So Tommy, first of all, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be back on the show. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you guys have been listening for a while, you've heard Tommy on probably, I think, two times now um, over the last year or so. So he's a recurring guest. Happy to have him back on. First things first, we'll start off positive. Um, what was any positive outlook you had from the game against the Seahawks? Um, probably just like everyone else is positive, just like the defense in general. Um, I think the defense played outstanding to hold Wilson and the Seahawks to 23 points with how long that they were on the field, especially in the first half, because the offense didn't get a first down until like three minutes left in the second quarter. So they were on the field a lot and they still played exceptionally well. Um, I thought the D-line was strong again, probably the only position group I'm hype about their future. Um, they're, they've been solid all year. They showed that they've been solid. Um, another positive that I've seen this game was uh, Nikel Roby, Roby Coleman. He definitely had his best game as an Eagle. Uh, the Monday Night Football crew kept showing how he was fighting under that pick play, and that, that's textbook right there, and that saves some huge plays for the Seahawks, especially on that uh, third and two where he stopped uh, where he stopped Tyler Lockett, and they had to uh, kick the field goal. If he, does, if he doesn't make that open field tackle, Tyler Lockett probably scores. Mm-hmm. Um Darius Slay got torched, but he is still yet to uh, let up a TD, even though that one with uh, DK got down to the one yard line. So I guess that's still positive. Um, we traded for him. We paid big money for him. And he's through 12 weeks. It's uh, still yet to let up a touchdown. So I think that's definitely a positive. Um, one more positive uh, is Alex Singleton. He's looked like a beast at linebacker week in and week out. He's all over the field. He's uh, like a straight maniac. I love the way that he plays. Uh, I know you do too. That was your boy in the uh, in camp last year. So mm-hmm. I remember talking to you about that. Um, he's definitely starting to look like he could be a consistent starter in this league. He's all over the field, like I said, and he's like leading the team in tackles the past couple of weeks. Um, I really like what he's done this year. Um, actually, I have one more positive, which is like an under-the-radar positive. Um, but Richard Rodgers has been such a good add as our tight end, too, right now with Earth being out. Um, I know his touchdown last night was a fluke, but the entire game, the Monday Night Football crew was showing us how much he was getting open all game, and Wentz has just been missing him. But he's been solid all year, and he continued that last night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you touched on all the main points there. Obviously, the defense was the highlight of the game. They held their own, um, limited the Seahawks to less than 30 points, which was very impressive. So the game really fell on the offense, which we're going to talk about in a second here. Um, But in my mind, another positive that I had, the biggest two were the tight ends, Richard Rodgers and Dallas Goddard. So um, Dallas Goddard, since he returned from his injury, he's been kind of – lost in the offense, more of a run blocking tight end than receiving, but now he finally broke off, um, had a touchdown, seven receptions. Did you like what you saw out of Dallas Goddard? Um, and do you think going forward, he could be the main guy with Ertz out? Oh yeah, for sure. I forgot to add him in my positives list. He looked, he looked awesome last night. Um, he was getting open. He was being that security blanket that Wentz likes to look for. And I could definitely see him being the tight end one of the future for this team awesome so we're going to go to negatives there's going to be a lot of them so uh let's start on i mean i guess most of the negatives are on the offensive side of the ball but any negatives you have on offense let's hear them out we're ready um well obviously Wentz looked lost again uh play calling was bad again 
But uh, my biggest negative it might actually surprise people, some people. Well, maybe not because they've been they were talking about it. The Monday Night Football crew was talking about this too. But the lack of wide receiver separation is really concerning. Um, I know you were high on Rager. I was high on Rager. I still have faith in him, but I was high on Rager over Justin Jefferson because I thought Rager was better off of the line of scrimmage, but. This season, and especially last night, he's been getting bullied when cornerbacks are pressing him. Um, I think that's definitely something he needs to work on going forward. Uh, I do agree that uh, Doug Peterson isn't really suiting the system to fit him like Justin Mm -hmm. Jefferson has over in Minnesota, but I think he definitely needs to work on that if he's going to want to have that success of that first-round draft pick. Another negative that I saw last night, even though this didn't really mean much to the end of the game, but Jake Elliott missing that extra point, he's been putting us in bad situations all year. And um, I just found that as a huge negative because this team shows that, all right, we score a touchdown. It's about to be 14-7. They take a step forward. And then all of a sudden, Jake Elliott misses that extra point, which is taking two steps backwards like we've been all year. So um yeah just like the whole offense in general uh I didn't really see any negatives on the defensive side of the ball besides not giving Darius Slay any help with DK but in his press conference when asked about that he was like I don't need help like I don't want that so that could just be his decision because he has confidence in himself yeah, definitely. I think you made some great points there. Um, one big negative that I saw, I know we've talked about it before, you and I debated about it a little bit, but Wentz versus Hurts. We thought that this was going to be the game that was going to define who was going to be the quarterback going forward. Maybe not for the rest of the season, um, Hurts-wise, but maybe just some more clarity on who the Eagles are leaning towards. Eagles bring in Jalen Hurts for a snap. It was a false start. And then the next snap, he gets a completion. And then Wentz is on the field. I mean, Jalen Hurts is completely wiped off. Um, he yeah, had one more snap after that. that. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on? I, because no matter no matter if you like Jalen Hurts as a draft pick or not, that is a negative aspect of this game. If you spend a second round draft pick, you have to utilize him, especially with Wentz being one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. So, what's your negative outlook on uh, Jalen Hurts this past game? Um. Well, I I think we we talked about this too as well. I just think that. In the NFL, like the NFL isn't is a different breed from college. It's a different breed from high school. Obviously, you see teams doing that in college and high school where they bring quarterbacks in every now and then, and it might work in college. But the in the NFL, you need to just commit to someone, have them have a full practice with the ones, give them that confidence. I think going forward, if they want to put Hurts in, just name him the starter for that week. I don't think, I think just throwing him in here and there for a series or two, like they said they were supposed to do, even though they only got like two or three snaps. I don't think that's doing anything good for this team, especially I don't think it's doing good for Carson Wentz because he knows he has that in the back of his head. I would just like to see the coaching staff just commit to someone for a game going forward and see what we have there. Um, I'd like to see them commit to Jalen Hurts because why not? Like, what do we have to lose? He, we need to see what he has. We need to see if Wentz is the problem with, or if Doug Peterson's the problem. If Jalen Hurts comes in and he's not looking good, it's easy to say that Doug Peterson is the problem, but Jalen Hurts comes in and looks like he's had some success with some creative play calls by Doug. Then you know that Wentz is probably the problem here. So I just would like to see them commit to Hertz for one game just to see what we have in them. Yeah, absolutely. Consistency is key, especially with putting Hertz in. The Eagles have been consistent this year. They've been consistently bad. The offense has been consistently stale, slow. So they got a lot of work to do. Tommy, to wrap things up today, what is a suggestion you have or proposal to change this team going forward? Um, I don't think anything is going to fix the way that they're playing this year. So uh, going forward, I think the only thing that is going to fix this team is to just blow it all up. Um, I think you have to bring in an, an entire new coaching staff, bring in a new GM, uh, names like Eric Bieniemy, uh, Louis Riddick for GM maybe. I don't know. We'll get into names later in the season, but you have to blow it up. Uh, 
you have to let these players who have struggled this year come out and prove next year that it was the system holding them back this year. Um, I believe football is like the ultimate team sport. Uh, it is hard to compare players across teams, which is why I think it's hard to compare regular to Jefferson at this point in their career, because one has a system that is making them succeed to their strengths and one is in a system that's doing the opposite. So I would like to see uh, the Eagles just blow this up. I think Jeffrey Lurie needs to step in and uh, let these players run it back in a new dis system next year and see who really was the main problem. Yeah, 100%. The talent's there and you can't be afraid to change because you know the Eagles don't want to be an organization where they hold on to Doug Peterson for a few more years and say, hey, him and Howie Roseman got us, got us a Super Bowl ring. We're just going to see if things get better. You're going to set the franchise back. So if you're going to blow it up, rebuild, you might as well do it now when things are at an all-time low. Um, any closing remarks you have on the Eagle season right now? Anything you want to close off the Birds fans or uh, audience with? Um, it's just been hard. Uh, just anyone who's listening, uh, we've been through this before. Uh, it can only get better. So hopefully Jeffrey Lurie steps in and does what he needs to do blows this thing up and we have a, a bright future ahead of us and hopefully I know this I, I never like tanking I never like losing but we need a top 10 pick after this season so hopefully we can get secure that top 10 pick and turn it into something special for the rest of this uh, for the future of this team all right Tommy awesome work uh thank you so much for joining if you guys want to follow Tommy listen to his football takes make sure you follow him we'll have him linked in the podcast description Yep. Thanks for having me on that. Thanks again to Tommy for joining. Hope you guys enjoyed the first ever fan banter. We're going to be doing this once a week in our weekly episodes to get some fan takes. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Talk about the positives, the negatives, and a solution for the future. We're not going to have people come on and just rant. We want to hear their thoughts on what they would do if they were in charge. So hope you guys enjoyed that. But now we're going to bring on Andrew DeCecco. Andrew DeCecco is a personality for 97.3 ESPN and also a contributor to Inside the Birds. Andrew does great work. You can find him on Twitter at NFL. Make sure you follow him and tune in for this awesome interview with Andrew DeCecco. All right, everybody. Today, to cover the Eagles-Seahawks game, we have Andrew DeCecco on with us. Andrew can be found on 97.3 ESPN, and he also does work with Inside the Birds. If you guys have been following Inside the Birds, I always refer to them. Um, he actually works with Jeff Mosher, who was on the podcast last year. Andrew, it's a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing today? Matt, it's great to be on. Thanks for reaching out. Uh, I hope you and, and all your listeners had a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. So um, we're going to cover a few topics from the game um, Monday night. So the biggest positives from the game were obviously on defense. The offense did not play well. So when you look at the defensive side of the ball, who were the best performers that you saw? For me, I'm looking at Alex Singleton. He's been very consistent since being inserted as a starting linebacker. I also really like what Derek Barnett did last night. He was very active, got after the got after the, the ball carriers. He was violent off the edge, good hand usage. And, and Jalen Mills, as, as much flack as he gets from the fan base, I thought Jalen Mills had a nice game. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, you know, there, the defense has been up and down all year, and it seems like one constant that, they, that they've had is Darius Slay. They brought him in and traded a, a couple premium draft pick uh, draft picks for him, signed him to a big deal, and then all of a sudden Darius Slade just seems like he falls apart. DK Metcalf is a monster, completely difficult to cover man-to-man, uh, -man, but Darius Slade had a, a tough game against DK. What do you see from the matchup between Slay and DK? Well, it's funny because by and large, Darius Slade has been – He's held up well, and he's kind of been as advertised. But these are the matchups that you brought him in for, mm -hmm. for to, to match up with these top-tier receivers. And what you saw last night is kind of the ascension of D.K. Metcalf. D.K. Metcalf, to me, reminds me of, of T.O. In his, in his body type, in his body control, in his, in his physical nature, and, and his ability to you know get behind a secondary, he's just a tough cover, and he's really coming into his own in the second season. Now, that said... Darius Slay, he's struggled with bigger body receivers in the past. He saw Chase Claypool have some success with him. There's, listen, there was times where Darius Slay was in great position, but the physicality and, 
and ability for DK to attack the catch point and, and just use his body control. He just made some fantastic catches. That's going to happen. Uh, he, he's one of the best. He's one of the best receivers in football right now. And you know, listen, I give I give Darius Slay a lot of credit for his accountability after the game. He said that was the worst performance that he's had in the league, and he lost every 50-50 ball. It was refreshing to hear that kind of accountability. And you know, he's going to have to play a lot better because I'll tell you what, Matt, if he goes and has that similar performance next week against Devontae Adams, it's, the game's going to get out of hand fairly quickly. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and um, I definitely agree with you. I love to hear that from Darius Slay after the game because it was a very poor performance from him, but that's what you want to hear. Um, time after time, we hear Eagles players say, um, oh, we're going to reflect on it. We'll get better. Darius just said, hey, that was on me. We're going to get better. Um, I'm taking accountability on this. All right, Andrew, so before the game, there were some conflicting reports. Jim Schwartz apparently went up to DK before the game and tried to, um, you know, congratulate him for his success so far and say um, you know I've been around Calvin Johnson because DK and Calvin Johnson have been compared so far um, throughout DK's career and he said you're getting there and then DK twisted it I'm not sure who's right here but DK said um, you're, you're you're nowhere close to Calvin Johnson whatever the wording was um, what, what do you think of this whole story um, and DK just taking that personally and having a career game yeah, like you said, there are some conflicting reports. Obviously, it can be perceived either way. Uh, Jim Schwartz came across like he was complimenting DK, and DK took it as a slight. I mean, Jim Schwartz, for being a veteran head coach, you have to have more self-awareness. Don't say anything to the opposition mm-hmm. before the game. Anything that could be potentially perceived as added fuel. And uh, DK is a player who plays with uh, with a chip on his shoulder, and you don't want to add fuel to that fire, and you got to see him kind of unleash his uh, whatever fury and built up tension that he had, or aggression that he had, rather. And he, he kind of took, he kind of took over that football game, and and then that comes out after the game, and that, that's that's a little disheartening. You don't you don't want to hear that. It's best practice to not say anything to the opposition before the game, good or bad. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It seems like the Eagles in the past, the past few years, they've been um, having a very good culture, and then all of a sudden. These things happening, like Jim Schwartz should have never had that type of conversation, like you said. It's just, it's crazy the amount of uh, negativity around this team right now. It's honestly very disappointing as a fan. Um, But another disappointing thing in my mind, a lot of fans agree with this, not sure where you stand, but Jalen Hurts. We thought this was the game that he was going to come in, get some more exposure with the offense. He enters the game, there's a false start, next snap, he has a completion. And then right away, Carson Wentz is running back on the field. In my mind, I'm thinking the offense is stale right now. They're not moving the ball. Jalen Hurts comes in. Even if it's a five-yard play, he made a completion. He's moving the ball. Why not keep him in? What do you think about this? Yeah, Matt, I, I read that kind of like how you read it. You see an offense, and they're stuck in the mud. They're, it's very stagnant. and They didn't get a first down until I believe it was four minutes and some change uh, left in the, in the first half. Just paltry effort by the offense. You're not moving the football. You, you, you try to create a spark if you're Doug Peterson. You insert Jalen Hurts. He completes a, a six-yard pass, which to that, to that point, uh, frankly, as sad as it is, that was that was the the longest play that they had on yeah. offense, I believe. So I mean, um, and then to take him out, you know, it almost seems like there's there's a there's a correlation to what the reporting that, that Jeff Mosher had before the game that and, and in my opinion that there's a disconnect between Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson. It almost it's almost felt to me it almost feels like Doug's trying to please both parties, himself mm-hmm. and, and the front office by playing Jalen Hurts a little bit. Those guys may have wanted him to play a uh, play a series or play a half. And Doug, to me, strikes me as a Carson Wentz supporter, a guy who's going to back his quarterback and let him work through these struggles. So to kind of please, to kind of appease the owners, the ownership group, you put in Jalen Hurts for a play or two, and um, and then you you put him back on the sideline. Um, it doesn't. It's not beneficial to Carson or Jalen to do this. I mean, I think you have to be all in or all out, one way or the other. Right. If, if you're going to go with Jalen Hurts, start Jalen Hurts. If you're going to go with Carson Wentz and stick by him, then play him the rest of the season. There, there shouldn't be – it's not good for Jalen Hurst's development, for one. It's not good for Carson Wentz's psyche or the team's 
um, morale to, to keep kind of jockeying both players back and forth like that. Um, I thought that they should have kept him in for that series and see what happens um, rather than kind of awkwardly insert him into the game. He goes in, he, he gets a positive, he generates some positive yards, and then you march him back to the sideline. That just didn't mean make, make a whole lot of sense to me. And you kind of got to wonder if, uh, if Carson Wentz struggles next week, that this is what I could kind of foresee happening is they say, okay, Carson, we're sitting you down for a half. We're going to put Jalen in. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, and then you look to see how Carson responds in practice that following week. And if he responds like how we expect him to respond, being that competitor is going to light a fire under him. And then he'll kind of you know, hit the reset button, so to speak, see the game from a different perspective, and go out there and, and, and be the quarterback that we've grown accustomed to seeing. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Andrew. I think whether they're going to commit to Wentz or Hurts, it has to be consistent. Give them the opportunity to make um, you know, plays the entire series. Don't bring in Hurts for one play here and there. It's not going to help anybody. So in my mind, the first couple of drives, the Eagles were doing nothing. And it wasn't necessarily all Carson Wentz's fault. His whole season, he's turned the ball over. He has not been a good quarterback. But there were a lot of drops early in the game against the Seahawks. And Carson Wentz was just not moving the ball. And in my mind, the debate right now isn't whether Carson Wentz is playing well or not. If the ball is not moving down the field on offense, you have to try something new. You invested a second-round draft pick in Jalen Hurts. Why not try? You know, you, you're, the offense is stale. You're not moving anybody around. You're not utilizing the, the rookie in Jalen Rager. Why not bring in Jalen Hurts and just try? Just see if anything. Because right now, I mean, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to come in and bring them to, you know, win out the rest of the season. But you never know what it could bring. It can't get much worse than they're at right now. So, I definitely, agree. I definitely agree with you that um, it might come down to this Packers game because the Packers are another team like the Seahawks who have had many close games because their defense has not been um, very good. So we'll see. Um, do you think that if Jalen Hurts comes in against the Packers, does he have any chance of starting the rest of the season? No, and the reason why I say that, Matt, isn't, it has nothing to do with his performance. It has to do with the money that's tied into Carson yep. Wentz. Uh, there's just too much invested in Carson for them to uh, kind of sit him down, put him on the shelf, so to speak, for the rest of the season. I, I think that what you may see, what's likely to see if this kind of play continues as they sit him down, hope that he recalibrates and, and regathers himself, seeing the game through the eye from a different perspective, goes in there and, 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 and kind of gets it kind of reignites the offense and, and hope that you kind of create a positive spark in that regard. But I think that there's just too much invested in Carson right now for them to, for that to even be an option for, the, for that to even be on the table right now. But I do think that it's very important that the Eagles know what they have in Jalen Hurts going into the off season, because mm-hmm. if you go into the off season with two question marks at quarterback, that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And it's not just quarterback. They got, problems at head coach front office they have a lot of stuff to figure out so might as well just get Hertz involved and see what it brings you um my next question for you is the eagles are no longer in first place that was taken from them thanksgiving day um you know when you're looking at the rest of the season the eagles still have some tough matchups to play uh would you rather try to make a run for the playoffs it might be in them um i don't think they're going to compete much at all if they make the playoffs because i mean home field advantage or not, there's there's not really much more that this team can do or that can show us to give us hope. Um, so would you rather try to get into the playoffs, give Carson Wentz some more experience, or right now they're sitting at, I believe, the seventh overall draft pick. Would you rather you know continue this streak and go for a premier player in this draft class? Well, kind of lying down and giving up is, is not in the Eagles' DNA under the Doug Peterson regime. I, I do think if they're going to continue to fight the rest of the way, they're just not good enough, Matt. They're not a good mm-hmm. enough team right now. They're not better than the Giants. They're not better than Washington. And they may not be better than Dallas right now, uh, quite frankly. And I think if they're going to continue to fight, and you're going to, like you saw with the defense last night, you don't see any quit in any of those guys. It's just, they're just not good enough on, on, on so many levels right now to be able to contend for a playoff spot right now. I think that the next five games really need to be about getting guys involved like, like a Kayvon Wall. See what you have in a Michael Jaquette at corner because cornerback, the second cornerback spot is one of the biggest issues on that entire defense. Well, right. on the team, quite frankly. Right. I think they need to figure out what they have in him. He's one of the only guys that has that length 
Um, and you need to you got to continue to to put Alex Singleton out there and see if he can be a full time linebacker. That you can go into the offseason knowing that you have one spot locked down and know that maybe you have to address just one other spot. And you have to you, you have to play these young guys and, and, and really get Jalen Rager all the all the opportunities that, he, that you can give him and um, and and Travis Fulgham for that matter. Alshon Jeffrey's been cutting into his snaps. I think that's what it really needs to be about developing the young players so that they have that they can build on that momentum going into the offseason. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because they're like you said, they're not ready to compete right now for the playoffs, but they're probably not going to lay down and tank because that's just not what Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz want to do. So, like like you said, in my mind, give these younger guys a chance because if you're starting Kayvon Wallace, um, he's going to get more playing time regardless because the Eagles just released Will Parks today. Um, but um, Quez Watkins is another guy. John Hightower, if you get them involved more and that's your starting lineup, the Eagles are not going to win more games. It's not going to work. However, you have right. the benefit of seeing what you have for next season. You go into the draft – and have a clearer outlook on what the biggest needs are. I mean, cornerback, that's a huge need. Michael Jaquette, he might, you know, turn some heads. He was decent in training camp. Why not give him a chance? Because that might be um, the deciding factor of are you drafting a cornerback on day one or you wait until day two or day three? Um, there's a lot of big decisions this offseason all across the board in this organization. I think it has to start with um, playing these younger players. You're absolutely right. example of, of needing to know what you have in some of these young players and getting them opportunities is the Eagles did not see enough from J.J. Arcega-Whiteside last season, and they went into the offseason with high expectations from being that second, that ex-receiver, and it just never transpired. They put a lot of eggs in, in that basket, so to speak, and, and it just, you know, it, it just didn't work out. It kind of, you know, blew up in their face. So I, I think I agree with you 100%. This, the, the last five games really should be about Assessing what you have from a from a development standpoint, what prospects are going to be on the team moving forward, which ones are you going to move on from, and um, and you can really see what you need, where you need to add, and and kind of go from there and continue building. Yeah, great points there, Andrew. So, like we said, <clears throat> excuse me, the Eagles have a lot of question marks this off season, and no matter where they're picking, if they're picking top five in the draft or if they're picking nineteen, if they make the playoffs. The Eagles have to hit on some of these draft picks, most of these draft, draft picks for the future. Andrew, you have done a phenomenal job uh, scouting college prospects into the NFL. Um, I listened to your uh, mock draft with Inside the Birds. You're a contributor for their website, but with uh, Jeff Mosher and Adam Kaplan this past offseason, talking about various draft prospects, enjoyed that a lot. So we know you're all you're tapped into this uh, you know, draft process. Are there any players that are turning your head right now and could be a possible Eagle in 2021? Yeah, Matt, I, I think that when you look at where the Eagles could be picking, it could be very, it could very well be in the top eight, maybe even top six. Uh, and, and I think that I've always been a proponent of, you know, success starts with both lines in the trenches. And the Eagles aren't going to go anywhere on offense. They're not going to be able to do anything on offense without – stronger play, more efficient play from the offensive line. So to me, I'm looking at this offensive tackle named Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. He's a player that I really like. He's going to be a riser. Uh, he's going to be in contention with Tanae Sewell from Oregon for being the top offensive tackle drafted. And the, it was t then the next player ties into what we were talking about, about assessing what you have from a development standpoint. You need to see what you have in Jalen Rager. Otherwise, um, Jamar Chase from LSU mm -hmm. becomes – becomes in play there. Um, Michael Parsons from from Penn State to me would be an ideal player for the Eagles. Obviously, they don't they don't value the linebacker position. I understand that, but he's so much more than just a linebacker, Matt. It, it, what he can do is match up with some of these tight these hybrid tight ends, and he can cover in the slot. He can do so many different things. He, he's a three down player. He's more than just uh, a regular old linebacker. We talked about Isaiah Simmons last year and the potential that he has. I think he could be even better than that. And, you know, if you have a chance to add a player like that to your defense, that, that's the way the league's trending right now. You want to have those positionless defenders that can kind of roam sideline to sideline and match up with some of these guys and erase them. And, I mean, I, I, the Eagles could use all the help they can get on that side of the football. Yeah, Parsons is fantastic. And I actually uh, 
went to high school with his, against his rival high school. So I got the chance to see him in high school quite a bit. And he was one of those athletes that just played every single position. And he was like a high school version of Derrick Henry. Nobody could tackle him. It was amazing to watch him. He didn't really play linebacker at all um, in high school because he was always running back or DN. But, man, he has been playing really well for Penn Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's already in the draft process. He's got an agent. He's working out professionally. So he's going to be a top prospect. I would love to see the Eagles address linebacker with Parsons. Yeah, I mean, I think when you when you look at what he can bring to the defense, he, he can. He, there's they don't have they they don't have a player anywhere close on that defense mm-hmm. um, on the second on the second or third level that, that can make the, the kind of impact that that Micah can and and like I said, you have all these different um, athletic tight ends and, and running backs that, that that can line up in the slot and they create all these mismatches for for safeties and, and, and corners that if you can get a guy with the length and the athleticism and and, and the speed and range of, of a Micah Parsons, I, I think that that, that that in itself would, would bolster the defense and give them a blue-chip player that they can count on moving forward. And an offensive tackle, to me, that, that's another that's another area of, uh, of need. You need to see, obviously, what Jordan Mailata is, and I think that these next five games will give you a sample size of, of, what, of what you can what you can expect from him. Jack Driscoll is a player that I don't foresee playing right tackle. I see him more as a, as a guard slash center moving forward. Uh, he, he needs to get all the reps that he can because I do think that he has some potential, but the only way that you kind of realize that potential is by getting those live snaps. Um, right tackle, Lane Johnson, he's, he's battling that ankle injury. He's been in and out of the lineup. He's, fought, he's battled to his credit, but I do think that you need to look at that tackle position as a serious need. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Andrew, I definitely appreciate you, you know, providing those names. Um, provides a lot, a few names for uh, some fans to look into and figure out where they want to go in the first round, second round, third round of this draft. Because, like I said, they got to hit on a lot of draft picks. Whether it be Howie Rose make, making those picks or somebody new, it's a big, important draft uh, for the Eagles this upcoming offseason. Um, if you guys want to check out Andrew's work, he can be found on Twitter, a Decheco NFL. Um, also, InsideTheBirds.com does fantastic work with them. Andrew, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I definitely appreciate you coming on, and we had a great conversation. Matt, my pleasure. Like I said to you before we started recording, uh, I love the work that you and everybody at PHL Sports Nation does, and just continue to keep doing what you're doing and turning out that quality content. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Are you looking for the ultimate stocking stuffers for this holiday season? Look no further because our sponsors, Manscaped, have the tools to make you win this year's Stocking Stuffer or White Elephant Competition. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products. And great news, they just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia for our international viewers. Obviously, you never want to make a mistake trimming down below the waist, nicks, cuts, whatever you have. You never want it to happen. Manscaped completely eliminates this with their products. A few of their products that are prime stocking stuffers this season are the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. The name speaks for itself. The Crop Reviver Ball Toner is a spray-on toner that will give your balls a little slice of heaven with their aloe vera and hazel extracts. The Crop Cleanser Body Wash is a full body wash that you can use also on your hair. Crop Mop Ball Wipes, you never know when an opportunity strikes, so you should always be prepared. The Foot Duster Foot Deodorant is designed to keep the stankiest feet smelling fresh. And the Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit. The Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer, which provides proprietary skin-safe technology to get rid of those nasty nose hairs. Let's not forget about the best trimmer for your butt, balls, and body. The Lawn Mower 3.0 Trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology which helps reduce grooming accidents. These formulations are vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free, so you know your products are legit. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code PHL. Whether this is for your partner, your dad, your brother, or your friend, get them something that they will actually use, and it's almost sure to get a laugh. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code PHL. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. All right, huge shout out to Andrew DeCecco for joining us. Another huge shout out to Tommy Plunkett for calling in. 
for the Fan Banter podcast episode. Really enjoyed my conversations with both of them. I think Andrew did a phenomenal job highlighting where the Eagles have gone wrong so far this season. Andrew does a great job at being kind of the medium between um, being a fan, but also not too much hot takes. He's always looking in to see where the problems arise. So definitely appreciate Andrew for that and all of the work he does over on his Twitter and with Inside the Birds. Um, but overall, the Eagles have another tough matchup coming up against the Packers. They are going to face Aaron Rodgers, who has been one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. They have a tough mat- matchup. The Packers' defense is kind of suspect. They The Eagles have an opportunity to capitalize on that, and Carson Wentz has a chance to step up and be you know, a better player than he, what he has been so far this year. This is the chance for him to step up because he knows Jalen Hurts is breathing down his neck and ready to go. Um, overall, like Andrew said, this might be the game I thought it was going to be against the Seahawks, but this game against the Packers might in fact be the game where Jalen Hurts is going to be starting for a few series or maybe the entire half. You need to make sure that Carson Wentz feels the pressure, something that we have been talking about for weeks, um, but you need to make sure that you are putting your team in the best position to win, but also learn more about your team for the offseason and address how you are going to um, you know, go into the draft, go into free agency, where you are going to make your moves. Eagles have a lot of question marks, but you have to finish the season first, and it's not going to be pretty. It's probably going to be ugly, but I hope you all continue to enjoy the Birds Banter content. We are always going to bring you weekly content every single week on instagram birds banter phl twitter birds banter the podcasts can be found on every single podcast platform we're always going to bring you the best analysis on eagles football talk about where they have gone right where they've gone wrong and not going to annoy you with too many hot takes we're going to give it to you straight and give you the best analysis that you can get out there so thank you for your support if you don't mind if you know other eagles fans and you enjoy this podcast please share it with them spread the word about birds banter we grow because you guys support the podcast so thank you so much if you want to spread the word about birds banter please retweet us on social media share us on instagram and share the podcast with your friends and other eagles fans that's going to do it for this week's episode i hope you all have a great week and we will see you next wednesday go birds